Welcome to the Parent Podcast, where each week we'll discuss topics relevant to parents. Whether you are expecting the arrival of your first child or have kids preparing to graduate from college, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll bring on different guests who will provide their expertise and perspective in an effort to remind you that you are not alone in this journey and encourage you as you raise and lead your family. Welcome, everybody, to The Parent Podcast. As always, this is Robert Nash, children's pastor at Autumn Ridge Church in Rochester, Minnesota, joined by my co-host. You know, I don't have an adjective. I'm just going to call you Derek. That seems to work for most people. Well, that's a letdown. Well, I'm sorry. You, you built it up every week you and know gave what? me a really cool adjective to go with my name, and now this week it's just Derek. Well, the only one that came to my mind is Dazzling Derek, and I didn't feel you would enjoy that one. I can't dazzle? What? That? Dandy Derek? You don't think I can dazzle? You? T- <laughs> I got him on that one. I got him, folks. That was a frazzle. That was a, a that was a frazzle, dazzle, frazzle. Well, today we are joined by, well, upper management? One of the big bosses at Autumn Ridge this Church. Is not at the just, very... This isn't just upper management. I mean, this is this is the CEO's office, if you will. This is this is the man, the myth, the legend. Rick Henderson? It is Rick Henderson, lead pastor here at Autumn Ridge Church. Rick, thanks for uh, taking time out of the schedule to, to come hang out with us. Guys, I'm glad to do it. Yeah. I love what you're doing. Love the podcast and uh, excited to chat with you guys today. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. we're discussing the topic of should children, you know, go into the weekend worship service with mom and dad? Should mom and dad take them to the children's worship service? You know, is there a right answer? What's the best option? So kind of in you know preparation of this discussion, I, I did some research online. I know Derek is impressed. Once again, I did a little bit of prep work on this, but there was a 2005 survey I found uh, talking about this, and it said that 48% of kids will go to the worship service with their parents. Mm-hmm. 52, obviously, will go to the children's worship service. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's even in the survey from a while back, but it's evenly split. So, I guess I'll just ask the question, is there a, a right answer? Should kids go with their parents or should they go to a children's worship service? You know, instead of trying to figure out what's the right answer, I think it's probably more helpful uh, if we just encourage moms and dads to uh, embrace the freedom of pursuing the wise answer. We're not going to find a biblical passage anywhere in the Old or New Testament that says, yes, bring your kids to the service. And it's probably helpful to remember that the weekend service, whether it's Saturday night or Sunday morning, that is something that a church does. That is not the same thing as church. Right? The church is the people, it's the called out ones who are who are living uh, for Christ. And so Autumn Ridge Church puts on weekend services. Autumn Ridge Church is not the equivalent of weekend services. And so kids are a part of our church. And so what I would what I would encourage mom and dads is if you want to be wise, think about your outcome first. What is it that you want to happen? What's the outcome that we're going for? And moms and dads who are leaning in and they're vested in this, they want to lead their uh, their sons and daughters to be fully devoted, happy followers of Jesus. We want that too. So, what is going? What's going to help those kids get there? And so that's the real that's the real question. And apparently. 48% of parents or 48% of the kiddos, their parents say uh, it's in the service and 52% of the kiddos, their parents are saying it's out of the service. That's probably, it's probably somewhere in between. Um, if we like both my kids learn math, I've got a 14 year old son at home and a 17 year old daughter at home. They are both taught math. They're not taught math the same way 
at the same level. They're taught math and an age appropriate level and a cognitively appropriate level. What we're doing in our weekend services, let me just lay my cards on the deck. I'm, I'm preparing messages that target basically 15 year olds and up. And if someone were to say, Rick, I think you ought to target people who are younger than that too. Maybe I should. I don't know how. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to, to people who are, who are doctors. I'm talking to people who are not yet graduates of high school and like trying to talk to people who haven't yet graduated high school and people who are heads of departments at a hospital at the, at the same time in a way that they both can understand. That is challenging enough, right? But to add a lower ages to that, I just don't think that I'm smart enough to figure out how to do that. So I've just decided I'm targeting 15-year-olds and up in the service. Maybe it's appropriate for younger kiddos to come. Maybe sometimes it's not appropriate for younger kiddos to come. I'm going to trust moms and dads with that. But what are you trying to do? You're trying to lead your sons and your daughters to be happy, fully devoted followers of Jesus. What's the best way to do that? The good news is we got some data on that. Uh, we, we know some things that really help kids uh, keep their faith. I heard a pastor say one time, don't just raise your kids in church, raise your kids in Christ. And so what he's trying to communicate is raise your kids in such a way that your sons and daughters, that they're going to want to be lifelong followers of Jesus. Now, she probably got some data over there. I think back before 2010, it was something around 75% of kids raised in church uh, quit the faith altogether, quit going to church altogether after they graduated from high school. Correct. I think it's dropped down in the past couple of years, somewhere around 66% of kids raised in church quit altogether. So you know what that says? The majority of good-hearted, well-intentioned churches and parents are not seeing the outcome that they want. So it's really important, I think, just to pause to do what we're doing right now and talk about, well, how do we get to the outcome that we want? Um the good news is, is we've got data that's going back probably 15, 20 years that lets us know exactly what is helpful in helping kids grow into adults who continue to follow Christ. Uh, from the Fuller Youth Institute, uh, they've got some material called Sticky Faith. These are some of the things that they found. Uh, if you have a five-to-one ratio of intergenerational relationships with your kids. So if your kid knows basically five other adults who encourage them and support them in their faith journey, then that, that kid's going to have much more successful as being a mature, happy follower of Jesus Christ well after they leave the home. And that's more than just another five other adults who know their name and five other adults who that kid knows their name. These are the kind of people who your kid can go and talk to, and you can trust that that adult is going to reinforce the kind of thing that you want them to hear. And so for parents who bring their kids only into the weekend worship services where I'm really targeting 15-year-olds and up, for parents who only bring their kids to that, how are they going to develop those relationships? That's a challenge that those parents have to face. On the flip side, um, parents who are always and only sending their kids off to kids ministry or, or student ministry, sometimes they might forget that regardless of, uh, regardless of what your background is, parents are the number one influencers of their teenagers. It may not feel that way. <laughs> it may feel like it's everybody in, uh, in, in multimedia. It may feel like it's their friends, but I guarantee you this remains the case no matter who you ask or when you ask it. Parents are the number one influence of their kids. And so parents have to figure out a way, how are they going to pass on their faith personally to their kids? And another thing that they found over at the Fuller Youth Institute through, through Sticky Faith is that it's not the church doing 
doing it for parents. It's church ministries partnering with parents and supporting them as the primary influencers of their kids' faith. So let me just stop there. I've given a couple of things. Do you guys got any follow-up questions for me or any? what thoughts did that trigger for you? I think for me, uh, what it, it also triggered, there is an adult in this equation as well. Like we're, we're talking about bringing the kids into the worship services, mm-hmm. but there's an adult too. And and I I love the idea of, um, you know, you can't take somewhere you've never been yourself and yeah. you can't, a parent can't neglect their spiritual growth mm-hmm. and expect their kids are going to be like these crazy, vibrant spiritual growth. Like you bringing your kid into a worship service has an impact on you as an adult as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's multiple parts of this equation yeah. that are going on uh, and happening as a part of this as well. Um, and so as we think about what you're sharing with the, these kids and, and things we want to target there and the best ways to do that, we also need to think for parents what is best and most beneficial for them and the outcomes we're hoping for for them. Derek, I appreciate you bringing that up. I want adults to be able to be able to worship, to be challenged, to be taught, to engage in a distraction-free environment. And I think we owe it to parents to have and other adults to have that opportunity. It's one of the reasons it's so important for us to have dynamic, thriving, very healthy kids and student ministries. Not because we're trying to segregate people, but we're trying to serve people in the environment that's best for them. If you have a two-year-old who is screaming or crying through the service, guess what? The people sitting around that child, even though we love that child and we love that parent and we we want great stuff for them and we want to be a church that is loving and honoring to all people, especially that, that little one, for those who are sitting there in that service, they can't engage with what's being taught in that moment. They are distracted or disengaged from that. And I think we owe it to that person as well to have a great environment. We owe it to the mom and dad to have a great environment um, for their little one. Or if they're not ready to part with their little one, to to give them a great environment where they can stay engaged in the service, give their little one the love and attention they need with while minimizing or mitigating any possible distraction. That's why we have the living room space off our lobby um, next to next to our sanctuary. We're trying to honor and serve each person wherever they're coming from. And we recognize it's a bit, it's every person is going to have a different viewpoint. What I want to encourage moms and dads to think about is this. Don't think all or nothing as far as value. If you bring your little one into the service, I'm not saying that they're going to get no value but they're probably not going to get a lot of value. I grew up in a church culture that said, you know what, it's just valuable for for kids to see mom and dad worshiping. Well, I suppose there's some truth to that. And I saw saw that in my parents, um, but I was also bored out of my mind. And I associated boredom with church. Now, that's just my story. I don't want to project that on anybody else, but which one wins out? I mean, different kids, it's going to be, it's going to be a different outcome with different kids. Probably what's more important is for the kids to see mom and dad happy followers of Jesus more than seeing mom and dad sit in a service that the kid finds boring because it's not designed for them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now, did I say, you guys got to help me. Did I say that in a way that's going to be accidentally offensive or crunchy? Cause that's not my intent at all. I don't believe you did. And, you know, it makes me think of something you've said before. I mean, you're not saying that kids or, or any person is a distraction. Mm-hmm. Our behaviors That's right. are the distractions. People aren't distraction. Right. Behaviors are distractions. 
And so a two-year-old who's crying, it's that noise, it's that behavior that's a distraction. We love the kid. We don't want to create the, the, the child with a problem. Children are not a problem. That's not we're not saying, but that child has a need, a need that's going unmet or unsatisfied in that moment. I want to do what's loving and what loving always means when we're answering the question, what does love require? It means serving what's in the best interest of others and being committed to that. I want what's in the best interest of the two-year-old. I want what's in the best interest of the parent who brought them. I want what's in the best interest of everyone else in the room who's impacted in that moment. That's what I'm going for. Something you said about, you know, well, the culture you grew up in, Mm -hmm. it's good for my kids to see me worshiping in church or sitting in church and, you know, and I think uh, there's some benefit and value to that for sure. There certainly is, Mm -hmm. but I would also kind of push on that a little bit. And, you know, the challenge for parents isn't just, Hey, my kid sees me worship for an hour on a Sunday or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, midweek too, Mm -hmm. you know, what we desire for, for anyone is that you're modeling your love and dedication to following Christ hopefully throughout the week it's as best Absolutely. as possible we yeah. all fell in that of course it's nobody's perfect but you know that's usually my response well i would hope that your kids maybe see you worship you know in the car or you know at the house when you're cleaning dishes or whatever so for other people who come from the same background that i grew up in and they're saying but wait i think it's valuable for my kid to see me worshiping in church what we're trying to say is we're not minimizing that we want to expand that i think what's most important is for our kids to see us happily following Jesus. I think it's important for our kids to see that we value our church community and that we are engaged and invested in that. And Robert, like you were saying, that it's connected to a lifestyle that our kids see and live with us throughout the week. That's incredibly powerful. Going back to what I said earlier about, you know, both my kids are taught math, but they're taught at different levels. We want to teach the gospel. We want to teach, we, we, want, to, we want them to know who God is and that God loves them. We want, them to, we want kids to, to know the reality of sin and a fallen world, the, the grace that comes through what Christ did in his life on the cross and through the resurrection. We want them to be biblically literate. We want them to know it all. What's the best way for kids to learn that and to understand that. I'm not convinced that the best environment is what we do in our weekend services. And one of the reasons I know that is we never ever in any other environment anywhere that's designed for kids do something that looks like our weekend services. That's just not what we do. If we were going to design something for five-year-olds, it would not be sit in a room for an hour while stuff happens up on the stage and you sit and listen. You would never do that. It would be It'd be more hands-on. It'd be far more personal. Things would be broken up into smaller periods of time. It would be less abstract and more concrete. All of those things, because you care about the kid and you want to give them what matches best their cognitive development. And so we would never create something that looks like our weekend worship service. Um, Incredibly, incredibly important. So I want to invite parents to really lean into that. So what would it look like to partner with Autumn Ridge Kids Ministry, or what would it look like to partner with Autumn Ridge Student Ministries as um, supporting what you're trying to do as a, as a mom and dad? That's where I think we ought to get, not simply, yes, I bring them, or no, I don't bring them. So to help our kids have sticky faith, that it's a faith that sticks after they graduate from high school, we want them to have relationships with five other adults that... If you don't, if you don't send them um, or, or allow them to participate in those kids' ministry environments, where are they? When are they going to start building 
those connections in small group type environments. When are you waiting for that to happen? If you wait until they're a teenager, I promise you, you are waiting too late. It becomes much easier when they're a teenager if you've laid that foundation when they're children. Just like you don't wait till they're teenagers for them to start doing chores. You don't wait till they're teenagers to start teaching them discipline. You lay that foundation early, early on in life. And so the kind of things that you're enjoying as a follower of Jesus Lay that foundation for them, even as they're very, very young, so it's much easier for them to do that. My entire life, um, I've always given 10% or more. I've always tithed. And I'm more of a grace giver mindset right now, but it's always been easy for me to give immediately out of what I make because when I was six years old, my parents taught me to do that. It's been a part of my life. They gave me a gift of making financial discipline easy. They didn't they didn't make me wait until I was in my early adult years to learn it. And I'm so grateful for that. You get to pass on the ease of discipline for your kids by laying that foundation when they're young, and it's going to be much easier for them when they're older. So we want five adult relationships. Uh, we also want them to know the gospel, like to truly understand the gospel. For them to truly understand it, it has to be taught to them in age-appropriate ways. Uh, we want to be ministry partners with parents, uh, and we need a safe place for kids to be able to ask questions and doubt. Something that the Fuller Institute and the Sticky Faith team didn't come up with, something that I think is incredibly important, and I found it to be very, very valuable, is by the time that they're early to mid-teenagers, that they begin to understand the four major worldview questions, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, and that they know the biblical answer to those four major worldview questions. If those kids have that by the time that they're uh, freshmen in high school and they've got that crazy professor who wants to bash, Christ bash Christianity, they are well prepared to engage at a really profound, profound level. So perhaps one of the stigmas um, for parents, something I hear quite often is, well, children's ministry, and when I say quite often, I mean throughout my ministry career, I've heard it all over the place. You know, well, children's ministry is glorified babysitting. You know, so there's this view of what you're doing in this children's hallway, in this children's worship service. It's not worship. They're it's not child learning. Care. It's child care. Now, for student ministry, Derek, why isn't you can, going to school glorified babysitting? Because they, I would assume they would see it as, well, I know they're learning something. Perhaps. Okay. For student ministries, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's viewed as more, well, they're just doing these crazy games. And they're no, there's, there, there's no value maybe seen by, by parents, probably from past experiences that they've had. Sure. It's entertainment. It's entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've heard, well, you know, it's not meant to be fun. They're supposed to be learning. Well, kind of like you addressed earlier, Rick. I mean, kids learn in different ways, and we, mm -hmm. you know, you can learn through fun. But you know, perhaps the challenge that uh, would be upon adults Derek learn, and I, adults learn through fun. Yeah, I guarantee you, your your productivity is higher in your company or wherever you work if you are happy and you're having a good time where you work. I don't mean silly. I don't mean playtime. Um, but if you're happy and you're enjoying it, um, your productivity goes up. If you're trying to learn and you enjoy what you're learning, your retention goes up. It is powerful. College became a lot more fun That's right. when you got into the classes that had to deal with mm -hmm. what you wanted to do post-graduation, right? Because it's something that's important to you. So perhaps the challenge for, for children's pastors, student pastors, is to communicate and show parents, hey, no, yeah, we may do it different than 
than the adult worship service, right? But there is learning going on. There is value being given. You know, obviously, I'm a pro fun guy. I pickleball. like pickleball. Yeah, I love playing pickleball. You know what? My life group, when it's good weather, we're we're playing pickleball before every before every meeting. Uh, we we're, we're fortunate to to meet at somebody's house where they got space in the back where we can we can play that. But we love having fun. We love playing around, and it it's it it does something to bond people together. It's powerful. But in our church, we're we're pro fun right now as we're recording this. I don't know when this is going to air, but right now we're recording this. We're still in the conquest series. Uh, we sold uh, shirts for five bucks. It was fun for people to have shirts. We're giving away a tandem bike because we're because uh, we're in a re- series on relationships. There's it's fun, right? It's not just fun, but it's also fun. If kids ministry is just fun, or student ministry is just fun, well. There's a lot cheaper and easier ways to go and have fun. We're not going to do that, right? I mean, it's just too hard to work just to go have fun. The problem is if it's just fun, and I don't think it's just fun. It shouldn't be a problem if it's also fun. <laughs> I think it's a crime. I think it's a sin to bore kids at church. What, what are the fruit of the Spirit? Isn't joy one of them? The second one. Love, joy, pe- joy. Oh, my goodness. I, I It should be... It should be fun. It should, there should be smiles on faces. It should be happy. Kids should want to be here. I'll say for children's ministry, we do have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we bring them in. There's, there's always a game that we play. It's connected to the lesson. But then there's a serious time where we will we'll sit there and I'll speak you know, age appropriately and mm-hmm. teach them story from the Bible, right out of the gospel. And hey, this is how it applies to you right now where you're at in your life. Not where you're going to be 20 years from now, because they can't think that way, right? Anybody that's like 20 or older is ancient to them. This is how it affects you in your classroom today, right? <laughs> sure. And Derek, I, I've had the joy of seeing you and Scott like do some really amazing, crazy fun things. But I mean, right now you're doing a series on like questions people have about God and faith and, and Christianity, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we are. And and I love what you said about it being also fun. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been a part of any relationship, relationships happen mm-hmm. in part through shared experiences that are a lot of times built around something enjoyable and fun that you've done together. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at wanting students to have those relationships with five adults, yeah, part of them building the relationship with those five adults is doing things that are fun with those adults to help build those relationships. It's not the only thing, yeah, but it's definitely a part of it that they go and they do something super fun together with those adults and it bonds them. You don't want to be around people you don't enjoy being around. Yeah. If you don't enjoy being around them, I don't care how old you are uh, or how young you are. If you don't enjoy being around them, you are not going to want to be around them. What causes, what are the things that causes students to want to be around the people at their church? One of the things, not the only thing, but one of the things is I enjoy them and they enjoy me. Something that I've said before, and people will probably hear me say it again. It's hard to delight in someone who you doubt delights in you. 
That applies to your relationship with Jesus, but it also applies to all other relationships. If you delight in being around someone and you know and you're confident that they delight in being around you, part of that comes out in having fun, enjoying each other. We should enjoy each other and we should enjoy the time that we have. It's totally appropriate. It's not just appropriate for kids' ministry and student ministry to be fun. It would be wrong and inappropriate if it wasn't. So one argument that I hear every now and then that kind of is relating to what we're talking about right now, right? That children's ministry, uh, it's meant to be fun. Not Mm -hmm. only fun, but it's meant to be fun. People will say, well, the reason that the stats are, what, 66% of these kids leaving church after they graduate is because once they graduate from student ministries or youth ministries and they go off to church as an adult, well, it's not fun anymore. And they don't want to go. Can I just respond to some thoughts about that? And then let's jump into how I might talk to somebody about that. Okay. So the question is, well, they don't come, or the statement is, the belief is they don't come anymore because church isn't fun anymore. A couple of things. Or so different from what they were used to. That's not what the data says. The data doesn't support that. Number two, are you saying that you don't enjoy church? Are you coming even though you don't like it? Are you coming begrudgingly? Yes. Are you coming without the second stated fruit of the Spirit? Can we talk about that? If you're coming to church and saying, I don't like it, this is no fun, there's no enjoyment here, but golly, it's the right thing to do. If that's what we're doing here, we got it. We got, we got an issue. This is what the data tells us. This is what experience tells us as well. The reason that kids don't continue in church is, number one, they don't have relationships. Do you know why church attendance drops so drastically In large cities, it's because when people move to large cities, they lose their community. We were not designed for isolation. We were not designed to be alone. Ultimate reality is ultimately about relationships. God is a community of being. He's a community of three persons. He's eternally in relationship. We were made in his image to reflect what he was like. We are designed for a relationship. So much of what we read in the New Testament is not commands simply to individuals. It's to communities, right? So we receive them individually and communally at the same time. The reason that church attendance is so low in large cities is because people lose their community when they move there. Um, and they lose their faith community. That is powerful in both directions. So they don't have those relationships. Number two, they don't truly know the gospel. Kids are leaving the faith because they don't truly understand the gospel. They don't truly understand worldview matters. They have questions that they've never been able to process, and now they're processing it for the first time, and they think they're getting better answers outside of the church than inside of the church. The problem is not that church isn't fun anymore. Now, if your church isn't fun, that's a problem, but that's not why kids are leaving. Now, If student ministry or kids' ministry was only playtime and only fun, so they didn't truly teach kids what the gospel is, truly teach worldview issues, truly develop relationships inside of Christian community, truly give them an opportunity to process real doubts and give them helpful answers, well, then of course they're going to leave the faith. But the problem is not the presence of fun. The problem is the absence of relationship, the gospel, an understanding of worldview, and a partnership between the church and parents. That's the issue, not the presence of fun. And so I think to maybe almost in some sense kind of full circle it, the idea when we talk about kids being in the weekend services or being in student ministries or being in kids' ministries Mm -hmm. is essentially what those are built and who they are for. That's right. 
And and when we look at kids ministry, what they do on a Sunday morning and it's it's built mm-hmm. for kids. It's constructed for where they're at in their developmental cycle, mm-hmm. in uh, what captivates them and what speaks to them, in what they will retain, uh, and uh, same for student ministries. And the the weekend services are built towards a, adults, fifteen and up, mm-hmm. for what they will gravitate, remember, be encouraged by uh, the way that they will learn those type of things. And so it's as you said, it, it's not a uh, we are trying to uh, force anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's we are constructing what speaks to those different age groups and demographics. You know, I think we're a church that adults ought to get this really quickly. And one of the reasons I think that we're a church where adults ought to get this really quickly is because we have two very distinct kinds of services every weekend. We have a more traditional service, and we have a more contemporary service. And the reason we do that is not because one group likes one kind of music and another group likes another kind of music. That might be people's motivation for picking one over the other. But the reason we have two different and the reason we're committed to maintaining two different kinds of services is because they speak people's languages. And that's very, very important. And when we want our kids to know the gospel and to grow in the faith. We want to speak their language. So if it's good enough for the adults of Autumn Ridge to be able to have a service that speaks their language, certainly it's good enough for the kids too. And so I would never say say to a mom and dad, this is what you ought to do, or this is what you ought not to do, unless we're talking about something clearly taught in scripture. Moms and dads, do what you think is best. You're the primary leader. You're the primary um, caretaker. No one knows your kid better than you do. No one loves your kids better than you do. Do what you think is best, but think about the outcome and what is supporting that outcome. It's one thing to simply say, hey, I think dropping them off at kids' ministry is what's best for them, or I think bringing with them with me is really what's best for them. Well, you, we can make statements all day long, but have you ever? are you evaluating? How is my kid growing? Is there something that I'm not doing that I could add that would help them? Is there something that I am doing that maybe I could take away that would actually help them? So I'm not going to give a one-size-fits-all approach, but I will say they got to have at least five relationships. They got to know the gospel in a way they can understand. They got to understand worldview. um, And they have to be able to uh, ask questions. And the data is in when parents and ministries partner together in a way that supports mom and dad as the primary spiritual leader in the home, those kids keep their faith well into their adult years. For over 12 years, I was a youth pastor over 75%, probably a little bit over 80% of the kids who graduated from my student ministry um, not only stayed committed in their relationship to Christ, but wherever they moved to, they're either in full-time ministry or happy, happily engaged uh, volunteer ministry leaders in their church. It's because they know the gospel. They understand a biblical worldview and how it is so much more satisfying than anything else that the world offers. They had great relationships with adults who invested in them, and now they're doing the same thing in whatever church they're in. And I want our kids to know that as well. Parents can be confident. This is the way to go. If you want your kids to maintain their faith well into their adult years, give them five adult relationships, partner with kids and student ministries, make sure they truly understand the gospel, that they're able to ask tough questions, and they understand the ins and outs of the four major worldview questions. So kind of speaking into the uh, partnering partnering with parents, I mean, that is something we value definitely 
in our children and student ministries. I mean, we have two overall goals in children's ministry, encourage parents, inspire children. And encourage parents is first. That's very intentional, right? We, we want to have that relationships with moms, with dads, whatever the house looks like, so that we can partner with them, so that they know they're not alone. That's how this podcast was born. That's why we created a class for brand new parents that just kicked off. We want parents to be the primary disciple maker in their home but we want them to know we're along with them for the ride. We support them. I know in student ministries, and it's something I hope eventually we can do in children's ministry, you give opportunity to create those relationships with adults, right? If uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Starting in sixth grade, their teachers, their, their small group leader moves up with them until they graduate high school, correct? Yeah, that, that's the, the goal. As long as uh, a leader is in student ministries, uh, they go with their kids as far as their students, as far as, as they will go, the longer, obviously, man, the better. I mean, I know, um, our leaders that are with our, our seniors now have been with them for years. Um, and, uh, and just have these relationships that are, uh, just great and, and kind of vital that aren't just kind of a one year and done and move on to someone else that it's a, they poured into their lives. They know the, all that these people have been through over years and, and, and know some of those history and backstory and all that kind of stuff of things. I love that. And I, I think that should be every youth pastor's goal, every leader of student ministry uh, to pair uh, teenagers with adults who will be with them all the way through. That's not totally in your control. You can't sure you yeah. can't control it if something somebody gets sick or there's something that happens in their life and they're no longer able to engage if they get transferred by their company and they have to move to another state that's out of your hands but let me say this when I was a youth pastor every high school student as in 100% every high school student whose leader was with them from their freshman year through their senior year every single one of them are engaged in ministry right now not necessarily vocational ministry, sure. but they are they are volunteer ministry leaders in their church. The power of that relationship, you cannot calculate it. You can't put a price tag on it. It is immense. And if you only bring kids with you into the weekend services, you've got to figure out how are you going to help do that? How are you going to help them have that? It's not just knowing someone. It's someone who that kid gives access to their life. It's that they're they're calling that person, they're texting that person. Do you TikTok people? I don't know how that works. But I don't, I don't know if I they're TikTok person. I don't think you TikTok people. <laughs> I TikTok you. Check your TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you'll find out about it later. I didn't even know they talked to you about that. And listen, as a dad of two teenagers, I love it when I find out that my kids went to someone else, someone who I trust, who I know is a partner with me and is reinforcing the kind of stuff that I want my kids to hear. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. And that's that's the environment I think we're all trying to create here. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, moms, dads, you do what you're the parent. You do what you think's best for for your children and for your family, but you know, if you decide to, to bring your children, bring your students to, to our worship experiences. You know, mm-hmm. We are doing everything in our power to, to teach them the gospel in a way that relates to them, in a way that they understand, because we want, mm-hmm. hopefully what you want, and that's to see your children love Christ and become one of his disciples and follow after him. Here's two things that I think would be weird. Number one, just to rely on the kids' ministry or the student ministry to do the disciple-making for you. That's weird. 
Here's another thing that I think would be weird to not partner with him, to not make yourself available to every resource that is offered to you. Why? Listen, anybody who cares about their kid and understands the urgency of, of the gospel and how fragile it can be for so many, the overwhelming majority when they graduate high school, any mom or dad who loves uh, who loves their child is going to want to seriously evaluate and utilize every resource that's going to help a son or daughter grow in their relationship with Christ. I hope the moms and dads here at Autumn Ridge would say, Autumn Ridge Kids Ministry and Autumn Ridge Student Ministry are my ally. They are my partners, and they are helping me in leading my child. I I want to respect your time. I mean, upper management and all, right? The dude's busy. But uh, we really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your heart and uh, providing some clarity for parents. You know, Derek, I think a good thing for us maybe to do right here— would be maybe plug our ministries, right? We're, we're always promoting other people and other things, but why don't you share with parents listening in case they don't know what student ministry offers and when? Yeah, so um, our student ministries currently right now, we have Sunday nights uh, here at the church, um, and it is uh, it's a fun time. We had a, uh, a blast last night, uh, had a little uh, fun game and uh got some kids involved. It's just a good time. And then uh, spend some time worshiping, uh, have our uh, student ministries band that does a phenomenal job um, and uh, helping students connect with God through worship. And then um, as is right now, we're walking through our question series, but uh, we do uh, really gospel-based, you know, uh, on-point preaching for students, kind of hit them kind of what's relevant for them and happening in their lives and how they can better understand uh, God, Christ, the Bible, those type of things. Um, and then we do discussion groups. So we don't just give them a message and say, we, we say, hey, now go and, Good and luck. process this with some of those adults that are uh, in their life and, and ask the questions that you want to know. And so they go off and they, they, they discuss uh, kind of the topic. And so it's it's been really cool to see. Uh, and then Wednesday nights, we have life groups. So uh, these are the um, uh, kind of guys and girls, grade-based uh, groups that are very intentional. And this is where uh, our volunteer leaders really pour into the lives of students and build those relationships and connections. And so that happens on Wednesday nights. Uh, as we look at the summer, uh, we're going to have a, a lot of things going on on Wednesdays in the summer. So we've got some bonfire things kind of planned and hangout times and uh, things of that. We got some events that are going to be going up, coming up like twins game. And we uh, got some river tubing, some other things and that info will be coming out. And then uh, come the fall, um, pretty excited about some uh, initiatives we're working on. Um, and don't want to give away too much right now. You know, you got to, you got to you keep one sure. more, you know, bring them back. Yeah. That's right. Little, That's right. little spoiler and teaser, but we're working on some cool initiatives for the fall. I think it'll be really cool. So, uh, keep your eyes open for that. But that's what's happening to student ministries. Children's ministries. Very exciting. So this is airing on Wednesday, this Sunday, May 16th. We are so excited to be able to open up the entirety of children's ministry. It's been a long time since we've seen some of our little kids and families and all we're that. We're back. We are back. And uh, we cannot wait. So now we're going to be able to do more of this intentional teaching that's more age appropriate. We've we've all been in the gym, which has been nice to have and all that. But I will admit, I'm looking forward to, to having our, our groups back together, getting some teachers back in the rooms with the kids. Uh, so that's Sunday during both the 830 service and the 
the 10 a.m. service. And I'm going to, I, well, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. We in this last season have done some work. It's been some work. On a, a place called the Summit Room mm-hmm. that I think kids are going to come back to and are going to be, they're going to be pumped, stoked to they're gonna see be it excited. and be in there. Yeah. I think it's going to captivate them and excite them in a really cool way. Absolutely. Your agree. kid won't want to miss it. Trust Your me. Your kid won't want to miss it. But we, we got information on, on that at autumnridge.church. And this fall, I don't, you know what? I am going to give it away. I'm very excited about something we're going to start doing this fall, which is a. You always well, got to one up me, Robert. Hey, they're coming back to hear what you say. I'm just giving it all away now. We're basically going to do life groups for kids starting in the fall where, kind of like you, it's going to be more of that in-depth, intentional teaching, building those relationships with uh, the adults that they're uh, hopefully going to be close to and and being able to trust and all that. So we're looking forward to that in the fall. Again, all this information can be found on autumnridge.church. Everybody, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you again to Rick for being here next week. More upper management. Our new executive pastor, Caleb Smith, is going to join us. And we're going to talk about balancing life, basically, right? With the busyness of of youth sports, extracurricular activities, going to church, doing this, doing that. How do you balance it all? It's going to be a good conversation. Looking forward to that. As always, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to The Parent Podcast. The Parent Podcast is produced by Autumn Ridge Church and Robert Nash. Our sound engineer is Ian Benoit. Our theme song is Silver Skies by Geome. Follow us on Twitter at Parent Podcast or on Instagram at The Parent Podcast. You can email us with questions or topics you would like us to cover at parentpodcast at autumnridgechurch.org. For more information on Autumn Ridge Church, please visit autumnridge.church. Thank you for listening.